Welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 77. Now, before we get started with the show, I want to remind you that you can visit thedadchronicle.com to subscribe for free. Make sure that you don't miss a single episode. And I also want to remind you that while you're over at thedadchronicle.com, click on the link that leads you to our patron site. Lots of great rewards if you're a patron. And we actually just uh, recorded a new episode, Deanna and me, uh, uh, for patrons only. And it was a ton of fun. So uh, if you are subscribed to the $5 a month or more level, you have access to that. Today, I talked to Brian Dunaway. Brian is somebody that you likely know from his work all over the internet. He is well-known in the Frog Pants community, and uh, he's also a personality on shows like uh, The Morning Stream and Film Sack, and he's been podcasting, God, since like two... He talks about it on the show. It's been a, a very, very long time, but we had a really fun conversation around parenting and video games today. We talk about the important role that communication plays in the life of a content creator and also ensuring that your family is on board with it. When you commit the amount of time that, you know, like I do and other uh, people who are using, you know, spending eight, 16 hours a week on uh, content creation, when you're when you're spending that kind of time, it, the whole family kind of has to be on board. We also talk about why Brian always portrays a positive persona on the Internet. And how that's oftentimes very difficult to do. But it does get exhausting sometimes because some days I don't feel like being upbeat. And probably most importantly, we talk about some ways that you can support your kids if they're being bullied, especially in online circumstances. Bullying is only effective when the, the person being bullied feels isolated. And of course, since it's Brian Dunaway, you can expect a lot of fun video game nostalgia in this interview. Here's my conversation with Gamer podcaster, and father, Brian Dunaway. Hello, Brian Dunaway. Thanks for being on The Dad Chronicle. How are you? Oh, hi, Alex. I'm doing great. Oh, I'm so happy to have you on this show, my friend. Uh, And what the people at home don't realize is that we tried recording this a little while ago, but we had some technical shenanigans, but we're back. We're back and we're making it happen. It's fine. It's fine. So It's it's all fine. The house is on fire, but it's all fine. That's right. Now, if people don't know who you are for some stupid reason, why don't you take just a moment and introduce yourself to the audience at home? Absolutely. They should not know who I am. I am Brian Dunaway. I've been podcasting since 2005. What does that mean? Well, if you're listening to podcast, you probably, you know, at least carry some kind of emotion towards podcasting. You probably love them. Yeah, I love Alex. You love listening to people talk who are maybe not necessarily mainstream, right? Isn't that the idea? Yeah. It's Behind like podcasting? hipster radio. It's hipster radio. And I am one of those hipster radio types. Been doing this since 2005. Like I said, started out with Extra Life Radio with Scott Johnson. Uh, he decided that he wanted to explore this grand new technology back in the day and he invited me along for the ride and uh, I've enjoyed it as well as creating my own content and uh, and enjoying the growth there. Yes, so, and uh, I I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to uh, and experiencing the content that you put out. Um really love the the segments that you do on TMS. I try to jump on yes. to your video game streams on Twitch whenever I can. Um mm-hmm. so it's it's a blast to sit here and talk about dad stuff with you. It is. I am a dad and I'm a content creator. It took me a long time to figure out exactly what I am and dad and content creator is pretty much it. 
Well, that's that's, a, that's what I that's what I do. I'm a programmer too, but that pays the bills. Yeah, that pays the bills. So one of the things that we're going to talk about is how to be a responsible parent in raising kids who play video games. Uh, but we're also going to talk about what that that balance is like between um, your you know content creation and and parenting. That's something I selfish selfishly want to learn a little bit more about because right, I'm in a similar right. boat. Um, but before we do that, why don't we uh, learn a little bit more about your family dynamic? Do you want to introduce us to your sure. kids? Absolutely. My oldest child is now 21 and owns his own home. What? How is that possible, Brian Dunaway? Does that make you no. feel old? Of course, it makes me feel old, but more than just feeling old. That's usually just a passing, you know, sadness of my own, you know, mortality. It's like, oh, that means I'm getting old. And I just let it go because yeah. I knew this was going to happen. I was going to get old. What I didn't know was how much I would miss having my kids around all the time. Yeah. Uh, when you have an abundance of kids around all the time, you can't wait for them to get gone so you can have a little of that sweet, sweet alone time. But when they leave, there is a true n uh, empty nest syndrome. I'm not, I'm not telling anybody anything new who hasn't had a child leave the home and yeah, leave but the that's, nest. I mean, a, that's culture shock, right? Like, I mean, so really how is. have you been coping with that? It hasn't been good. Andrew stopped by, but let me let's, let me let me finish talking about little kids real quick. Oh, and sure, sure, sure. Andrew back if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, also, there's Ethan Dunaway. He's my middle child. He's he's 18. Is he? Might be 19 now. Is he 18? He's 18. And and then I have I have a, the youngest. She's 11. She just re, she just registered for middle school, so oh, she's man. going to school now. So let's let's get back to Andrew, my oldest. Uh, he was the he he actually stopped by today. He hasn't been by in months because he just got his house. And he lives like in the next town over. And so it's, it's inconvenient to come this way. And I get it because how often do I go see my dad? Very rarely because <laughs> let's face it, you know, you, you get wrapped up in life. You do your own thing. Now, that's some true. people have that relationship where they go over and they see their family every day. But that's not mine and Andrew's relationship. We're both uh, we both have a lot of interest and we spend a lot of time doing them. That's fair. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, wow. So back to your question. Now you, you was asking about more about Andrew, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, how do you deal with that empty nest oh. syndrome? Like, are you coping with it? Right. Like, how do you deal with it? Well, uh, you may have noticed in addition to Andrew moving out, uh, and Ethan has, has gotten to an age where he has a full-time job now, uh, and a girlfriend who is very serious oh. as well as, well as, uh, Zoe, who's going into middle school, guess what? Teenage years, none of them want to have anything to do with me. <laughs> so I've got a lot of time on my hands. So you may have noticed a slight uptick in my content creation. How about that? Uh, yeah. So I, I am I am enjoying uh, I am enjoying the crap out of becoming uh, out of doing gaming content. So if you're not familiar with with Twitch.tv and and this phenomenon that's happened in the last couple of years that that gamers are becoming content creators and entertainers uh, for people to watch. That that's what's going on right now. To me, it's the it's the next step in what podcasting started, uh, and it's just it's it's like that next step. Totally, 
and I'm, I'm diving into it myself and I love it. Uh, I, I yeah. started doing a bit of it on Facebook actually, just cause it had kind of taken off on Facebook. And then mm-hmm. I just didn't have the same sort of community. Like everybody that I was collaborating with, like you were over on Twitch, Scott's over on yeah. Twitch, like every, everybody's over on Twitch. So I started over there and I hit affiliate in a week and I was yeah. like, man, this is great. Like it's so, it's so easy to, to just interface with people and interact. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, I, I really, I've enjoyed Twitch going back to that yeah. quite a bit. I'm 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 finding the same thing is happening with Twitch which is what happened to me with podcasting in the beginning. Uh back at, you know the early days of podcasting if you told somebody you were a podcaster they just stared at you blankly. Yeah. Like what is that? And you kind of go, well, kind of think like you know, uh NPR but you know not on the radio, on the internet instead. You know, it's kind of we we kind of we talk about different topics. Uh, and we have different passions, and it's usually very niche. Whatever you do on a podcast, and uh, and then they just keep looking at you, and then they walk away. <laughs> but uh, Twitch is kind of the same thing. It's like, uh, oh yeah, I'm hopping on Twitch, and I'm 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 communicating with my my follower base, and you know my you know the community that we're working with, and I'm playing video games sometimes. Sometimes I'm just chit chatting, and you know in real life stuff, and then sometimes I'm drawing. You know, you don't know what you're gonna get, and that's real hard. People understand. They go, well, do you make money at that? And it's like, kind of. Yeah. Passively. Like, like living money? No. Right. Like ho- like hobby money? Sure. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like some pro or something. I'm not ninja who gets to decide, do I want to be on Twitch or do I want to go hop on Mixer? Right. That's that nuts, choice. isn't it? I thought that that kind of, the internet went a little nuts over that today. It did. I actually made my own announcement. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm quitting Twitch and I'm heading to Mixer. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but, uh, what I, what I did do, what it, it did, it did, it did push me to do something that I hadn't, that I had thought about doing before, but hadn't really done it. And that's where Mixer uh, and Twitch, and it's kind of like, you got to choose. No, you don't. There's a service called Stream.io. I've been signed up for about a year now. Just haven't really used it much. And it allows you to interface with both at the same time. Actually, even more services than that. Yeah. Just those are the two that I deal with primarily. Even that Facebook you was talking about. You can you can interface all three of those uh, very easily through that. Um, totally. Let's not get, I don't want to get too far into you know the the business aspect. <laughs> I, I like to talk about my kids and how I how I do all I do. Yeah, but yeah, and you, but you, you as a content creator now have more time to be creating content. But you mm-hmm. still got—I mean, you still have your—you still got a couple kids in the house. So, oh, yeah. how do you balance it in your own situation now? Right. right. Uh, it's it's a it is a when you're a when you're making a lot of content. Now, if you're making just a little content, it's like a you know a small a small hobby. It's not very hard. You don't really have to consult with the family, but when you commit the amount of time that you know, like I do, and other uh, people who are used, you know, spending eight, sixteen hours a week on uh, content creation, when you're when you're spending that kind of time, it the whole family kind of has to be on board. Yeah, and so you have to you have to sit down and communicate, and communication is really important. You have to let them know. You know what's going on. You have to set a real steady schedule. I mean, when you have a family, you have to set a steady schedule because they need to know when they can, you know, they, they can interact with you freely without worrying about interrupting a, a show and all this. So it's 
luckily my kids have been involved with it since they were very little. I think, let's see if it was around 2005, Andrew's nine years. So Andrew was like, my oldest was like seven. Wow. Yeah. uh, Right. When I first started podcasting. So he's been, he, all he's ever known, you know, is, is me podcasting. That's right. So yeah, everybody's growing up in it. Now, if you're starting and your family's already kind of halfway grown, Ooh, good luck. I'd, I don't envy that. That's that's going to be a tough conversation, but uh, yeah, that's how I that's how I balance it. Just have to be very clear in your communication when you decide, when you discuss, like me and you, when we're doing this podcast. And you say, "Can I be on the podcast?" I was like, "Sure," but I didn't give you any definitive absolutes until I went and said, "Hey, this Thursday or whenever, I want to do the podcast with Alex," and, and I'm not asking for permission. I'm asking for consideration to yeah. make sure that everybody's on the same page and it's all cool. So the same thing with my podcast. If I decide to start off a new project, I've got to sit down and kind of talk to everybody. Once again, not asking for permission, just communicating. Yeah. Just that, communicating. That is so important. I, Deanna and I went through something similar, you know, with my, uh, I, I've been putting out a ton of content for a bunch of different projects that I'm doing. And, you know, like between this America's next top podcaster, my video game podcast um and then you know streaming and stuff like it most of my evenings are pretty full um but you know it really required that initial conversation with deanna um and you know we have a two-year-old so uh that's easy and hard all at the same time because one the kid goes to bed slightly early so i'm able to come down in the evenings and do this (laughs) but you know i still want to spend time with my wife so you know we want to be considerate to each other and say hey you know what uh, I, how about we designate this day is our rest day and like we'll, we'll spend time together and like we've established sun, Sundays as like our days to spend time specifically as a family. There are other days during the week that happen to free up obviously just due to flexibility. Right. Um, but that that communication up front so that it's not just a surprise. I'm busy. You know, like that's so right. key. You're exactly right. You're exactly gotta right. Do it. You got to communicate and you got to also Oh, uh, it, it's it's not just about you either. The the person you're <laughs> the person you're in business with, the people that you're in business with, aka your family, there there's a lot of difference. Some people need more attention. Oh, and yeah. if uh if if they need that attention, wow, it, it gets complicated. It yeah. gets really complicated. But everybody's different. Everybody's different. I'm I am blessed that I I I have a great family who uh supports me and actually the reason why I'm having so much success in a lot of this streaming stuff that I'm doing right now is because, because my, my fiance has been kind enough to work with me and even, you know, even support me financially. She's like, she was like the first patron I had. She oh, was like, cool. yeah, I'll do it. And it's like, you know, that's so important. Yeah. So important. Yeah. What, what, what did that, what was that reaction for you? Like knowing your family uh, really supported you with that? Like, I mean, how did that make you feel? At, like oh in that goodness. moment, right? Well, the moment all you're thinking is, yeah, I get to do it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, later on you really see, you know, you're, you're sitting somewhere else and you're not doing the podcast and you're thinking, man, I'm really lucky. Yeah. I'm really lucky that I'm in a situation that allows me to creatively express myself. You know, how blessed am I that, that life has gone this way that I, you know, that, that it's just so good. It's just, I really am thankful. Yeah. Most days I'm very thankful. Sometimes I get really too busy and I'm getting mad at myself for, <laughs> you know, for promising too much. It's like, oh yeah, you know, 
Brian two weeks ago thought you know he would be up for this thing, and then it, it comes around. And he's like, oh, so you just have to rally yourself up. Let's go. Right, right, right. And you know, um, when you and I spoke uh, previously, we've talked a bit about what it's like, kind of being an internet entertainer. Um, how you have to really like turn it on. You have to uh, that the, the people that that uh, see you on the internet or hear you on the internet hear this very uh, energetic, entertaining individual. But you know what? What's been interesting in, in us getting to know each other is that I've found a different side of Brian Dunaway that oh, yeah. I've uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know more of. Uh, do you right. want to talk a little bit about sort of that dynamic in being an entertainer on the internet and having to turn that on and off? Absolutely. Uh, being it, people want to hear uh, one of a couple of things. First of all, you set your tone right away. I am an upbeat person. Some people like to listen to grumpy cast kind of things where people are grumpy. <laughs> yeah. That's not me. So you kind of got to pick a lane and stick with it. Mine has always been a place of positivity. Not that I can't get down or be depressed or, you know, or be serious. I just find it less exhausting <laughs> to be happy because that's my natural state. So it's reflection of, who I really am, but amplified. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I say you have to kind of take it to the next level. You have to, it's, it's like speaking clearly with your personality. And so that, that's, uh, that's kind of how I handle that, but it does get exhausting sometimes because some days I don't feel like being upbeat. Right. It's like, like today I had to deal with, I had to deal with CenturyLink calling me. That's the, that's the, the local ISP I was with. And those guys, they wanted to charge me full month for a couple of days of service. And if I didn't pay it, they were going to send it to collections. And, oh, I was just, it's unfair what they were doing. But you know what? I had to let it go. Oh, paid man. My, paid my bill. I complained just a little bit. Just put me posted one little Twitter post about it, just, you know, a little three part Twitter post. So really small. And then I just, I just let it go. It's just yeah. Like, okay, let it go. Yeah. Let I, it I think go. that choosing that positivity and that you and I are very similar in that. Right. Um, I find that, uh, and a lot of people comment about, dude, you're so like, uh, energetic and there's yes. so much, um, you, you know, you have a good way of like letting things like roll off your back. And I'm like, yeah, but if you only heard the voices in my head, <laughs> oh man, if you only heard the voices in my car when I'm alone, that's when the, that's when the real hate comes out. Oh, it's like uh, time to yeah. crank up the angry music, uh, <laughs> lit up the windows and luckily I have tinted windows so I can, I can just scream my heart's content. It's healthy. Uh, you gotta have that. You it is it healthy. Out. I, I usually, what I usually tell people is I've, I, I don't tell people, but I, I do confide in my, my loved ones sometimes that, um, I'm all full up. I have taken as much crap as I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's all full up. I've got to pour some out. Yeah. So, you know, and once it, once it, you know, and, and then that happens and then you feel better. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, we're human, right? We're and, human. and yeah, I think that. You're right. Like people will want to see, uh, they. I think that um, the more dynamic you are in an entertaining sort of way, 
the more interesting it is and the more interesting it is for people to watch you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're like that 24 seven because that would be exhausting. It would. And it is. And we only, me and you only get a touch of it, but uh, some of these, you know, big celebrities, that's tough because if you're known as a comedian, when people show up and you give them anything other than what you sold them in the past, what they've known to grow to love, like politics. A lot of times the reason why actors get in trouble over politics is because, you know, they, they stick within their roles, they're entertainers, they're, you know, they, they don't really show much outside of that until something political comes up or a hot button issue. And then they talk about it and everybody goes, Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear that from you. I'm here to be, entertained by whatever you but it's not it's not a fair thing to put upon them but it is human nature for us to do that to go yeah. okay i'm here to be entertained you know i'm here to watch baseball football whatever and you've decided to turn this into some kind of statement and then people get mad yeah. but it's not it's not fair that we put that on uh entertainers and artists but we do yeah we do you know it's it's funny i think of people like um there are a couple people who are like just genuinely the way they are, like when I experience a conversation with them online or or, or right. watching them, um, Brian Ibbett and Scott mm. Johnson are a couple of those people. <laughs> yes, um, they they seem uh, when you when you have conversations with them in person and just kind of one on one and uh, you know sitting at a coffee shop or something, it's uh, they 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 come across as similar to what you experience online, uh, which exactly. is kind of funny. And and that's something that that that's. That's a that's a level of transparency that I'm not comfortable with. Uh, I I like presenting a certain Brian, and don't, trust me, I've got really I have really strong opinions on some things, and I have very you know lukewarm feelings on others. But I'm mostly a very tolerant person. I will listen. I feel like communication is the most important thing we can do, and so. I try not to present any strong kind of makes me kind of a weak uh, advocate, but you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't really come across with any strong opinions. Like you got to believe what I believe. Yeah. I don't either. I just, I just don't. I I, I just don't like, like there are some things that maybe I'll get a little passionate about, but right. You know, not, not to the point where, I don't know, I I don't like to come off as too abrasive or anything like that's just, yeah that's just not my personality. So many people, this is, this is a, this, and the bad thing is this is a time, uh, and I don't know if it's a bad thing or not, but this is a time where you got to be very careful about what you say, uh, because it, it can, it, it can quickly escalate to some, uh, to some venomous reactions that are probably justified. I yeah. mean, it, absolutely. When when people, everybody just like me. I have a term for it. You know, I'm I, my my crap my crap cup is all full full up. I got to tip it over. Everybody's like that. If you've lived your entire life being persecuted for whatever reason, and then somebody is trying to understand your persecution but isn't doing it in a sympathetic manner, but maybe questioning. Uh, questioning you and you blow up on them. I understand you blowing up, but I also go, how is that person you're blowing up at ever going to grow? If you just shut them up, if right. you just, cause that's what we're doing right now. We're just shutting everybody up. Only problem with shutting everybody up in America and democracy 
everybody gets a vote. Yeah. And so we see what happens when you shut a bunch of people up and you never allow them to grow. You just shut them up. Yeah. And you never allow them to understand you and grow. And maybe some of them don't. A lot of, you know, I'm sure there's a percentage that will never change, but there's people who will. And if you just shut up everybody, no conversations, then you get what we have now, which is uh, a, a lot of angry people, uh, very divided. A lot of very, vitriol. Like, it's very right. bad. You know, this... Um, and that's as political as I get, right there. <laughs> you saw how I skirted around every specific... No, I talked in generalities. You are, uh, you and I are very similar <laughs> in that regard. So, so I think that's really, I, right. I, it reminds me a lot of like sort of the online, like the gaming, um, communities in, in a lot of games, right? Like you've got a lot of people that this online bullying and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a really weird kind of stage in in technology and parenting where our kids are more embedded in the internet and connected with people better than ever in history right, right. Um, which means more possibility for uh, a ton of bullying and a ton of cyber crap right how do you um, teach your kids to really experience that responsibly right well the most important thing the best protection against bullying uh, for your kids is to uh, have an open dialogue with your kids. Bullying is only effective when the the person being bullied feels isolated, uh, when they feel like everybody is against them. It's hard for somebody to be bullied when they have a good support group. Um, so it, that's what's important to me. I, I talk to my kids and I think we talked a little bit about the, on the lost episode. Um, when my kids, when I talk to my kids, I don't only ask what they've been doing. I ask them what their friends have been doing and not like in a, you know, not like in a, Hey, where are your friends been doing? But more like, you know, just, Hey, what you've been doing today? And, oh, okay, cool. And they'll say, you know, I hang out, I hung out with so-and-so and I'll make a mental note of that kid's name that they said, and and the next time I next time I ask them what they're doing, uh, I may ask them, you know, what what that kid insert name here is doing as well, uh, because that makes that makes the kids feel like you're not just quizzing them. It makes them feel like you're a part of their life, and and the, so they know that they can come to you and you can relate. Because I remember growing up and my my parents just like, what's the point of telling my parents that you know, Timmy was bullying me because they don't know who Timmy and Steve and you know, everybody else is. And so it's like, what's the point? Right. They won't understand anyway. What's, what's the point? Yeah. But uh, if you get to, if you get to know your kids and more importantly, their friends, uh, then that gives you the opportunity to, uh, to be in real conversations, authentic conversations uh, that, that can fight any kind of bullying because we do, we, we occasionally hear all my kids have been bullied over time. I don't, know if any of my kids have done any bullying because no parent has ever come to me and said, your kid is bullying my kid, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Sure. It just means that, uh, I've never gotten wind of it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's the, yeah. Cyberbullying. That's tough. That's tough. Like it I is said, tough. The kids that feel isolated are the ones that get bullied the hardest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and like, I mean, even in a, so, so if I think about like cyber bullying and, and let's just say, let's say like some of the vitriol that, that you experience in, in video games. So you're playing some Fortnite, oh. some kid is calling you yeah. a 
uh, F word and something else. So right, right. Um, uh, you know, especially like you think about your your youngest daughter, and and I know she's a gamer, right? Like yeah, she when is. she's absolutely when she's playing video games. I mean, has she ever come to you and been like, "Dad, this person said a thing," and this and that? Especially she, as a girl, she she has, and uh, she has had that. And trust me, <laughs> being a girl don't mean squat because she is she's full on. She can she can scrap with the best of them. Good. But uh, she uh, she that that's. That's Audra's doing. She's always been a scrapper, and she's taught that scrappiness right on down the line, baby. Love it. And uh, right, love it. And but yeah, she's come to us for and said, "Oh, I got off that game because you know so and so was with talking, you know, talking this way or that way." And you know, a lots of times I'll go in with her when she's playing a game. Once again, I'm not I'm not the policeman. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm there in a uh, we're we're interacting together. I'm also not her friend. I'm a I'm a I'm a father. So, you know, it's not, we're not friends, but we are, we have a great relationship. A father, there, there's, there's only one way to describe a father daughter relationship. And that's the father daughter, daughter relationship. I mean, you're not friends. You're not, you know, not the police. You're a parent. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally, it's a totally unique position. Uh, unlike any other relationships being a parent. And uh, so I sit down with her and occasionally I don't do every game, but we'll sit down and look at a game and I'll ask, you know, Oh, is this a fighting game? Cool. Uh, does it have like, you know, language filters on it and that kind of stuff. And we'll just talk in generality. She knows, she knows what I think I've expressed what I think, but not in a way that's overbearing. Yeah. Like what, what I, is I the, where is the, be like, well, that's not what you do. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta set the rules hard. <laughs> that's you. Yeah. Like for, for, for you though, like, cause you're an experienced gamer, like what right. is the line for you at her age, maybe versus where your 18 year old is at? Oh yeah. My 18 year old, he knows he's heard everything. I mean, yeah. come on. I don't, I don't, you can't fool me. Yeah, I mean, I was exactly. 18. I know you've heard everything. We, he doesn't do it in front of me. Like, you know, if, if there's something that's uncomfortable, we turn it off. You know, we don't, we don't, uh. We don't sit around. We all know. We all look at each other and go, yeah, that's a little... That's a little weird, right? Yeah, let's not that's do that. a little rough. I don't know. That's What do you think? That's a little rough. We could be doing something else right now, couldn't we? We could be doing something and we all enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, this is not, this is not something we're enjoying. So everybody's kind of on the same page with that. Now, my oldest kids like uh, scary movies and my youngest do, does not. So mm. we do kind of have to all part ways at that point. Yeah. I'm, I am one of those parents that's like... Uh, I, what's my opinion on violence? That's probably a good question. What's my opinion on violence? Yeah, what is your opinion violence? on violence? Yeah. I, I've, I've had a lifelong <laughs> research and the jury's still out. I, st <laughs> I still don't know uh, how bad is violence and how far does violence go? Because since I am a content creator, uh, I've studied a lot about art, whether it be, uh, you know, whether it be comics or comic books or, you know, movies or whatever, I see a lot of, of, uh, of art that involves violence. And so I don't like to just throw everything out, uh, just because of, just because of violence, but I also don't, I also don't want to have just violence for violence sake. So we kind of, we kind of know, right. You know what I mean? We kind of know it's like, it's like when you have a sex scene in a movie, it's like, eh, that's really not, there's really no point to that. You're just showing me porn right now. Yeah, basically, it's gratuitous sex scenes. Yeah, you know, you're just uh, that doesn't that doesn't add anything to the story. Get out of here. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, that's uh, that, that's always an interesting one, especially the whole topic about like you know, is is video game violence and and all that sort of thing. Right. What, what does that cause? I mean, so so at at your daughter's age, like, mm-hmm. what is the most? I mean, is she able to play like rated M games? Like, where do you draw that line? It it varies. Uh, she can't play mature games if those games allow us to uh, do certain things. Like if it's a if it's mature for violence, we may kind of go over it. And if the violence is kind of cartoony, she's a smart kid. She can kind of tell the difference. Um, so we kind of test that per game. I think all that stuff, you know, all that stuff is regulated by the game industry. It's not like a, it's not anything the government's doing. So, right. you know, it's, it's kind of their self-regulatory regulatory stuff. And so I take a look at it too. If it, uh, But I always look. If it's mature, I definitely look. Yeah, you know, if it's a if it's a young game, then you know, even then, I still look because I'm like, what's the online component? Because that can make this game jump in rating pretty quick if you're if you're playing with a bunch of other kids. Like Fortnite, Fortnite oh, yeah. itself is you know a very tame game, but there's you know a, a, a large way to communicate with other people. Matter of fact, it's encouraged, and uh, that can that can get very real real quick, right? Oh yeah, some of the most yeah. toxic. That, you know, like you think about that, World of Warcraft has some of that. I mean, like there's yeah. there's a lot of toxicity in the gaming community. And, yeah. you know, I think about my daughter, my, my two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I eventually would love for her to play video games. But it, but it really, right. it does worry me knowing what I've experienced to have her experience that. You know? Right. Just remember, at some age, she's going to experience it with or without you. That's a, that, so, it's a, that's right. a really good point. Right. So, but how do you, I mean, like, how do you build that trusting atmosphere, um, especially with with technology so easily accessible? I mean, it really sounds right. like your kids are open with you about the types of stuff that they're uh, that they're experiencing online and stuff. Like, how do you build that trust? Did I, did I mention how smart kids are, especially my kids? Maybe not everybody's kids. I can't speak for everybody's kids. My kids are really <laughs> smart, and I know that if they wanted to hide something from me. They easily could. So the trick is to just never overreact because uh, overreaction is usually is usually based on fear, right? Uh, and and distrust. So when you overreact, you're basically telling your kids you don't trust them. And and in some ways, you can't trust someone who hasn't proven themselves, but you also can't let somebody prove themselves until you trust them. So. It's kind of a catch twenty two, and you kind of have to take it case by case, and you kind of have to. You have to be engaging. That's just all there is to it. You have yeah. to be, you have to be friendly, but you have to have to be a parent. Sometimes you have to be stern, and they respect your sternness if you're not always overreacting. So it's just, uh it's like any other relationship. You just gotta be, you just, you just gotta work it. Yeah, you just gotta keep it healthy. You got to trim it where it needs to be trimmed and you got to water it where it needs to be watered and you got to let it grow where it needs to let it to grow. So it's, yeah. You know, uh, if I think about, I think about you and, and others who are in, um, you, you know, you, you played Atari and, and a bunch of other sorts of, of video games growing up. Now, uh, back then there, there was no worry about this. There was nothing that, parents could, nobody no, was no worried resource. about pong yeah and then there were no resources for parents to like reach out and be like oh yeah my, my my kid is playing this game what do i do to you know like how did your parents uh react to your enjoyment of video games and 
did they have a whole lot of understanding of what you were into? Right. No idea. They, uh, yeah. they, so I, I grew up, I grew up during, uh, the late seventies and the, the early eighties in that kind of that range. Uh, and during that time it, where I live at regionally, uh, we were, we were experiencing, uh, two parent incomes. So during the A's, especially, uh, we, we decided to, uh, in this area, mobilize the women into the workforce, which is something that was long overdue for the freedom of it. But we finally all got on board because we wanted things, yeah. you know, material things were really important during the eighties. If you don't believe me, just go back and look. It was all about <laughs> the monies, baby. Yeah. It's all about the monies. So two income house was becoming the norm. And as a result, kids were left alone a lot. There was a term that came up called latchkey kid. That's what I was. I was a latchkey kid. I'd go to school in the, in the daytime, you know, in the morning time, I'd get on the bus and I would be at school. When I got off, nobody was at home. I used my key, opened the door. I watched cartoons and I played video games. And then as long as I finished my few little chores, when mom got home, everything was good. And so, but the video games pretty much stopped once they got home. But between about the hours of three to five 30, we were allowed to rule <clears throat> the roost. We could do whatever we wanted and nobody questioned it. Nothing. Yeah. As long as we didn't burn the house down. So different. Salty. It was so different then compared yeah. to today. I mean, so, I, so really our parents couldn't understand because they didn't grow up in that. Yeah. So they didn't know. Yeah. I mean, so, so what, okay. I, I'm going to ask, uh, kind of a, a nerdy question here. What Nerd is the first video game you remember playing ever? Pong. Atari Pong. It was Pong. Father, it was Atari Pong, which was really the first, uh, home game that you could really play. Um, my father was, uh, came in one night I was to, I was probably around five, and uh, he came in from work. I assumed it was the middle of the night because I was five, and everything seemed like middle of the night because <laughs> I went to bed like at seven o'clock. <laughs> so it really could have been nine for all I know. Yeah. All I know is, all I know is I, I I could hear some I could hear my dad rummaging around in the kitchen, and uh, <clears throat> and so I, I kind of got up and sleepy me with my footy pajamas, <laughs> kind of come in there and go, "Hey, Dad, what's what's going on? What are you doing?" And uh, he's all like. Uh, He's got this little black box, and and is and is he's hooking it up to the TV, which is you know used to hook it up through the, you know, take rabbit ears off, and you plugged it into the back of that, and he had this little stick in his hand, and uh, he just he he showed me it was it was a paddle, and it was just the most amazing thing that had ever happened to a five year old was experiencing pong, this very simple you know few bars on each side of a screen sliding up and down and bouncing a ball back and forth. I didn't know you could make TV interact. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? I can make the TV do something. The TV has been this, you know, this thing that just delivered goods. You know, it just delivered happy days. It didn't deliver, you know, this must've been prior to happy days actually, but, uh, it didn't deliver. All it delivered was cartoon goodness, right? Yeah. And Star Wars toys, and uh, and here it is this 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 game that allows you to interact with the with the with the TV. And from that point on, I was just hooked, hooked. So what Couldn't were what were you else. into? Like, were you into more adventure games or like what what was it? I was mostly into arcade games. I've always been. Uh, even though I'm, I love video games, 
always, always up until more recently, like to jump into the games and jump back out. I'm a very, I've always been, uh, multi interested. So yeah. I'm always like, I'm like, I'm like drawing one minute then I'm like, Oh, I want to play a game for a minute. And then I, some people call that a, a ADHD. Is that right? Sure. So yeah, sure. Why not? I, I don't not I'm not like diagnosed with anything like that, but I've always had, you know, this, this desire to jump around and do lots of different things. And as a result, the games I played when I was younger were mostly quick games. Sure. Until, until wait for it, Alex, when I was around 12, my dad got me my first personal computer. It was a Commodore Vic 20. Wow. The right now that changed that. That was another milestone because it allowed me to, uh, program my own games from magazines. So you'd take the magazine, we used to get magazines and it would have, it would have, you know, pages of of programming, and you would type it into the computer, including, you know, hundreds of lines of of zeros and ones at the end. Oh my God, it was such a task. Jeez! Uh, and you would play it. You would play this game, very simple games, and uh, I, there was no media that I could save to because this was my first computer. Had nothing, no no floppies, no nothing, and not even a tape drive. And, uh, and so when you turned it off, the game was gone. You had to program again. Oh, that's right. That's when I learned, that's when I learned to be more passionate about the functionality of games. And that's when I stopped playing just arcade games and started playing, you know, longer play games. And it wasn't long after that before, you know, just uh, there was a little bit of a lull for a while. And then, and then all of a sudden here comes doom and quake. Yeah, all these games that combine both fast action and also hours of modding fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it it changed everything for me. Yeah. What about your kids? What What was the first game that you remember playing with Andrew? Right. Uh, he it was pretty early on. He played. He used to play uh, the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Uh, I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, for a job. And he didn't have any friends around there. So we had a PlayStation uh, and he played a lot of that. Him and his mom, actually. She didn't have any friends either. I was always at work. <laughs> she was a stay-at-home mom at the time because that's just where we were set in our, in our, in our lives. Sure. Uh, and so they, they played a lot of PlayStation. They played a lot of Croc. I don't know if you know what Croc is. Oh, that sounds familiar. Remind me. Right. It's, uh, it, it was on the PlayStation. It's a little, uh, little crocodile and uh, it's a little adventure game, essentially. And he would just, I'm trying to think of what else to compare it to. Uh, I don't know. Croc is Croc to me. I've seen so much of it, it's almost impossible to describe it. It's not um, really a platformer. It's more of a, you know, not even really a first, but I don't know how to explain it. Search Croc. You'll uh, enjoy yeah, it. I'm literally looking it up, and I, I do recognize it. Right. Croc is, oh, uh, man, this is old. Very I remember limited, this. But it was cool, too. Yeah. But I... He loved Croc, and then he got into Buzz Lightyear, Star Command, and then everything was Buzz Lightyear, Star Command. Still love that game too, by the way. It's great. It's great games, great games. And then, uh, you know, he he played a, a just about every PlayStation console through. We always had a console in the house. Yeah. Every generation, we were we weren't the first on the block to get the latest console, but we always eventually got the consoles. Sure. Hey, Alex, let me tell you something about my my habit. Oh boy. All right. All right. Lay it on me. Let me tell you about my habit called gaming. <laughs> nothing, nothing upsets me more 
than going into a GameStop, which I don't go in as much as I used to. I used to love going into GameStop. I do too. Place I in the it. world. I really love it. Uh, nothing, nothing bothered me more than knowing that there were portions of GameStop that were irrelevant to my gaming. So <laughs> I must have every console so that I could fully enjoy the GameStop. So I still am like that. If I go into a GameStop, I'm like, crap, I don't have that console. Crap. Uh, I should probably get it so it's relevant to my life and I can enjoy GameStop more. Exactly. Oh, I need that. I really need that PSP. They don't make them anymore. I don't care. They still have used ones over there that I really need those. So do you so, have yeah, one of every console in your possession right now, or have you traded uh, stuff in? Let's see. Right now, currently, I am looking at my desk, and I have an Xbox One. I have a Switch. Uh, there's a PS4 Pro. Uh, of course, I have my PC. I have my Steam Link, which I rarely use. Um, I got a Google Stadia on the way. I oh, think I'm set. I, th- I, <laughs> oh, um, I also got also got Windows. Uh, I don't. I really would like to get some better VR equipment, but I do have uh, uh, Windows Mixed Media, which is not great, but it's, it's it's a step above like the PS4 VR. Yeah, you and I have the exact same setup, except I have the PS4 VR. Right, so, right. That's it, a, I, and I was, I was, I was. That's what I was gonna get. That's what I was getting was the PS VR when this deal on this Dell gaming laptop came up. Where it was going to make the laptop like usually like twelve hundred dollars, going to make the laptop like six hundred dollars, and it come it would come basically free with the Windows Mixed Reality for eight hundred total, and I was like, eh, okay, so yeah, that's not a bad deal though. Went for it, yeah, not it went for deal. it. So it's it's been a nice toe in the VR world, but I really want to get all the way up to my knees at least. You I know do too. Oh God, it's we'll so fun! It's so fun. We'll get yeah, there. We'll get there. But that's why we did the streaming and stuff to pay for our hobbies. That's right. You know. That's right. It's fun. That's exactly why we do it. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've, I've just always obsessing on new technology. I've, I've got uh, Elgato HD sixty, and I want an HD sixty S because it'll allow me to uh, look at my recording stream live instead of delayed, which is how it is now. It's that's one hundred fifty bucks. What for, Brian? Because you have a problem, Brian. <laughs> you have Brian, you and I are kindred spirits. Um, right. Because we have the same problems, and I invested in the HD60S, and it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty great. You got this? Say, yes, yes, it's great. Excellent. I have the cam link. Do you have the Elgato cam link? No, but I just use like a, a web, like the HD, what is this? Yeah, the, the 920. Yeah, the which, 920. Yeah, so I decided to get the GoPro. Uh, and a cam link so I could do a 1080 uh, with greater depth uh, of, of field and color. Oh, because God, man. Now, now I, I got have, FOMO. Now I need to go I buy it. <laughs> uh, damn you, can get, you can actually, the, if you go to Elgato and you go to the cam link, they get the cam link for, it's usually, you can usually catch it for about $100. Uh, and then if you get a GoPro uh, Hero 3, which is, you know, generations old, it actually does for this particular project. It does just as good as the more recent ones. For really, like sixty bucks. That's it. Wow. So that's yeah. So that's cheaper than getting uh, the next level up on the Creative Labs. Um, 
I'm just going to forewarn you, Brian. You're yeah. going to get a very yeah. nasty email from my I wife. I probably will. I apologize. I'm just I'm just telling you. You're you're absolutely right. I shouldn't have told you. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Too late. Too late. I'm Too bought late. in. Um no, this has been fun, man. You you've provided yeah. a lot of really great uh, a lot of really great knowledge and wisdom oh, yeah. around this topic of you know being a, a, a responsible parent and, and interacting mm-hmm. with your kids around video games and other stuff that they're into. You know, if you were to provide some words of wisdom to somebody right. who may be struggling in this regard, what would it be? Yeah, uh, I, I keep repeating the mantra: it's it's all it's all about slowing down. Uh, put aside your fears. Uh, parents, parents are very fearful. As a matter of fact, most people that I know don't fear death until they have a child. Uh, so it, it, if you can put aside your fears that your kids are going to somehow, you know, fall into some disarray, the only way they're going to fall into disarray is if you're, if, if you just squeeze them out of your life, don't, don't squeeze them out. You, you gotta, you gotta kind of bring them in and communicate that yeah. that's how you, that's how you, um, become effective an effective parent that's brilliant that that is absolutely brilliant um what would you okay so so if if people who listen to this show don't know who you are and they want to reach out to you and they want to to follow the things that you're doing how do they do that you should totally do that my largest internet following is on twitter so if you go to twitter.com forward slash the brian dunaway uh that's where i'm usually at because that's where the people are right Yes. Uh, and then if you would like to head over, over to twitch.tv forward slash Brian Dunaway, I, I have been enjoying my feeds over there. And if you want to support me because you like the content I create, patreon.com forward slash Brian Dunaway. I'm just all over the internet. I'm, if, you, if you look, if you Google me, I'm the first one. If anybody even thinks about trying to be first on there, I blast them. <laughs> Don't you do You're it, out. other Brian Dunaways. Don't you God, do there's, it. And there's so many. Are there? I feel like Dunaway, like Brian Dunaway. I don't know. It feels like a. There's more than you think. Really? There's there's a reason why I have the Brian Dunaway on Twitter because some copyright guy. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> no, he's a jerk. But he, let's just he assume beat me. He beat me to it. <laughs> I hear your cat in the background. Yeah, I hear him too. That's my deaf cat. Oh, is it your deaf he cat? Yeah. The problem is he can't hear himself, so everything is. Oh, how loud should I meow? Oh, the maximum <laughs> amount of meow? That's what I should do. And that's what he does. The oh, maximum meow, meow. I wouldn't have it any other way. Brian Dunaway, mm-hmm. uh, it's been a tremendous pleasure chatting with Absolutely you about parenting awesome. and all this stuff. Thank oh, you very much for being a guest. Absolutely. enjoyed it so much. you got a great little thing going on here. you got a great personality uh, and a positive attitude. Keep it up. Thanks, man. Thanks again to our special guest, Brian Dunaway, for sharing his story. Super awesome to have him on the show. He's an amazing personality and an awesome dude. Definitely go check out the work that he does, especially if you like video games. He has a lot of really great content out there from streaming to video game news. Uh, Definitely looking forward to doing more work with him in the future as well. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and consider supporting this show. If you head over to thedadchronicle.com, there's a link to our patron section, and we have a lot of awesome rewards for patrons to take advantage of. So check that out. And if you'd like to chime in on the conversation, email thedadchroniclepodcast at gmail.com. And all of my contact information is over at thedadchronicle.com. Thanks, and I'll see you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.